Welcome to the Bart's FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Food Will Be the New Gold. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and today is Monday, March 7th in the year 2022. And the Western world is coming unraveled faster than I had expected and yet right on schedule. So how's that? So we're going to get into all that tonight and the importance of where your next steps are going to be. And that's going to be a theme all week long. So look, before we begin, Mike Lindell has led this nation in an amazing fight for liberty. And he's put out everything he has to continue to fight. He's one of the few left that's still saying fix 2020 before we go to 2022, which is wisdom. Unlike others that are telling you to get ready to vote and have a big turnout in 2022, I have no confidence in 2022 until we fix 2020. And just so we're clear up front, I'm not going to be pushing and elect, go to vote for 2020 other than in your local elections. You're not going to hear me push anything voting until we get definitive proof that the election system is not rigged. And right now it is completely rigged as far as I know. Now, all that said, Mike has funded this entire movement through his selling of pillows. He is the pillow man and the pillow man is one of the most dangerous people in America. So that's always going to be there that we need to support him for that. So he has amazing sales going on and you go to Bards, you go to your Bards page, which is mypillow.com forward slash Bards, mypillow.com forward slash Bards. Your promo code is Bards, B-A-R-D-S. You can use that anywhere on the MyPillow site, the Frank's Beach site, and the MyStore site. Amazing savings across the whole thing. And as you use that and you're using your that promo code, you're not only saving, but you're helping fight for liberty. And take some time to go through the site because there's so many things far beyond those that we touch on each night. Well, of course, we touch on them 60% off on the Giza sheets and the my pillows down to 1998. And we've got the my slippers on for 50% off. And you've got sleepwear for 50% off. All these great things. But there's other things as you dig in. There's pillows, there's pillow mattresses, covers, there's all sorts of stuff. So check it out and just know that when you're looking to shop somewhere, our dollars matter where we deliver our dollars. You know how I feel about American companies, American values. And Mike Lindell leads one of the companies in America that has the values at its core, the way we want to support, and it's the way we fight this fight. And we have to continue to fight this way because if we're not raising each other up in the right way, all these other dirtbag corporations continue to cancel out others and control the game, and we just can't do that. So check out MyPillow.com. Go to mypillow.com forward slash Bards. That's the Bards Nation's landing page. Use your promo code Bards, B-A-R-D-S. You will not be disappointed. And if you're one of those that says, you know what, I can't I can't do it online. Okay, then don't. Call the 800 number. Call 800-975-2939, 800-975-2939. And there are Patriot Pillow cancel, Counselors standing, standing by, I can't even speak, standing by, ready to guide you through your pillow purchase. And that's perfect. 
So head on over to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, promo code Bards for all your great savings. And just for a short time, you're also going to get a copy of Mike's book with every purchase. All right, Patriots, things are happening and happening fast. And I'm going to kind of walk through just kind of a basic lay down here. Nothing dramatic, but I just kind of want to look at the course of events of what's happened over the last few months. Obviously, we had the masks and then we had we had COVID. We had masks. That led to the death weapon, the death shot that came out, which is undisputed now since Pfizer has released the document mandated by court, which I don't, I think that part of all of this is being accelerated because they know that the truth is coming out. And it is coming out. It's a brutal truth. And that truth is that they poisoned people. They intentionally injected people with stuff that will cause cancers, cause destruction of your genetics and break up your immune system. That's not even disputed anymore. So they have done a mass damage on Western society, and they've done mass damage on our culture, specifically America, our country. And much of that has been sanctioned by our political body. So I want you to get that in your head, because the political institution, the corporate institutions that have been mandating this injection, the media that's been mandating this injection, or pushing for it anyway, your, your education systems, which have been mandating it, the military, which has been mandating it, all of these senior levels of these, these organizations are doing so with a full knowledge that they're killing people. Just understand that. And get that into your head about the level of dis, this treason we are dealing with against the people. And we're far from over this thing. I've said this so many times, don't get comfortable and don't start thinking that they're winning yet because they're not, we're not winning yet. The only countries that have now started to make a pretty significant pivot aren't our own. So as we've gone through this, and I've said this before, I believe that what happened in Canada was what set the fuse off to go get Ukraine moving. And I don't know whether Ukraine was a issue of Putin being very opportunistic, which I think he probably is. President Putin is a smart man, and I think he realized the opportunity to achieve his goals in Ukraine while the West was waking up. But remember, Russia has been through a waking up period. They did it in the late 80s and early 90s. It was the end of Glasnost and the falling of the wall. They are at least 20 years ahead of where we are on the West. And the whole problem is that we're not the good guys in this fight. That's the part we have to start getting our head around, and we have to realize that there's a lot at stake for us individually and collectively as people. Our governments have sold us out and intend to sell us out down the tube. That is the way they play. That's the way they've always played. They've looked forward to this time when they can wipe out the Western society and consolidate into a new world order. So what we, where we sit right now is that Canada had a great awakening, literally very fast. The trucker movement, which, as I've said all along, was probably not intended to do what it did. I think indications are that the trucker movement was probably organized by some fairly nefarious folks, including some gray money. But it blew up in their face because it aligned Canada's together and Canadians started to realize how common they were and how many of them they were. And so Canada did a stand, a peaceful protest, a peaceful taking a stand in their capital and across their nation. And as the government pushed and they became very fascist and the full true face of the government came out, that's the true face of every Western government, just so we're clear. 
every one of them. And as that true face came out to the public, Canada then started to push back by taking money out of the banks, especially as the government started to seize accounts. Well, that was, that was the Achilles heel because doing a run on the banks would have disrupted the deep state massively. And so they immediately needed to throw something to distract everybody. And that was the war. Now, again, I don't know whether I, I say this like they did this intentionally. I don't know that things worked quite that way. Let's just say that whatever push and pull happened, the opportunity arose that the this invasion, so to speak, this reclaiming of Ukraine, which isn't even an invasion, the retaking of Ukraine and, and liberating of Ukraine from the neo-Nazis happened. And that allowed the Western media and the Western governments to create such a distraction that pretty much everybody has forgotten what's going on in Canada, even though Canada's fighting right now. And especially here in the United States, where people tend to live with their head up their backside most of the time because they're more interested in the mask and what's going on in Walmart. It's a big deal here in the States. It's suddenly like there's no mandates. It's like, no, well, you're right. Not yet. They'll give them, they'll take them away. They'll give them to you a little while. They'll drop them. And then all of a sudden you're going to find out that you lost something more because you haven't gotten your rights back yet. This is a very brutal fight. And it's, I, I wish I could get to every single person to understand, have them understand one principal issue. We lose this fight. We lose everything. And I don't mean in a little way. We lose this fight, we lose everything. I am not one for drama, but I am one for absolute truth. What's at stake here is the destiny of this country, its people, of the Western world, and ultimately of humanity. That's what's at stake. And it is time that we start to really mobilize to get people to understand that. Now, the, what's happening with Ukraine is allowing the deep state to make some major pivots I don't I can't quite discern and I don't think anybody can at this point in time. If these pivots are all part of a master plan, you're going to hear some that say it is. They're going to be like, "Well, you can't you see it's all a master plan?" I'm not sure that's exactly the case. Because what we have at stake here is BRICS nations. Okay, and BRICS nations are Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. That's where it gets its name. Then it's an alliance of five nations that came together back in 2009, I believe. And the BRICS nations are very strong in resources in the ground. They have a fairly strong industrial base, and all of them are moving towards a gold standard as they move forward. Now, as the West is trying to hit Russia, I said this a few weeks or a week ago, that Russia is not going to be hurt by what sanctions they put on them. Russia's already got provisional plants, and I, could, I can guarantee you just what I know of Putin, he would not have gone into Ukraine without knowing the risks, and that's proving true. So here's a couple of things that's come out. The West has tried to sanction Russia. I think this is more smoke and mirrors, to tell you the truth, but anyway, they've tried to sanction them and taking them off the SWIFT system, but that doesn't matter because China already has its alternate banking system. They've taken them off of Visa, Pay, MasterCard, and PayPal. That doesn't matter because Russia did an immediate pivot to use what they call the MIR, M-I-R system in partnership with China's Union Pay. So they've already replaced that system, and the Russian central banks are already issuing new cards and new pay systems for everybody. 
So what you can kind of see here is there is a separating, almost by design, to separate bricks from the Western world. The problem is that you're now seeing an axis of powers, and if you're following the headlines of the news, it's going to look very confusing. And so a lot of people are doing that, as I say that, and it's going to look very confusing because it looks like we're the good guys. We're not. That's, that's the part we have to get through to people. We have been this axis of military extortion around the world, and the BRICS nations are breaking away from that, and in so doing, they're rupturing the Federal Reserve System. Now, that we can all cheer and go, yay, the end of the Fed, except this. Our currencies are based on a Fed currency. It's the federal dollar. The architecture under which we operate is the federal-run system. And that system that's currently under, that we're under, is underpinned by a dollar that's underpinned by the value of oil. But as this BRICS breaks, this BRICS nation exodus happens, there's already been agreements in place to not accept U.S. dollars anymore. This is the destruction of the fiat dollar. And the ripple effect of this is very profound. The ripple effect is that the United States loses the buying power on a global level. When you start seeing prices go up, that's kind of twofold. Prices are increasing in part because the dollar, its value is falling, but it's also falling because people aren't using it anymore. And it's not, we're not at a contagion point yet, but it's coming. Because the dollar is now, is approaching a point where there is so much debt and nothing behind it. It's just a piece of paper. And as the BRICS nations make the move to go into a precious metal-backed currency system, the dollar has no parity anymore. And the other, last week, the head of Federal Reserve testified that it was not out of the question that they could go to a world place where they had multiple world, more than one or multiple reserve currencies. That's the model we're moving into. It's known as multipolar. Right now, We've been essentially in a bipolar world, meaning you've got the United States as a superpower and you've got China. Russia had kind of diminished. It's not so much anymore. Now we're looking at a multipolar world where you have clusters of countries that have come together to create their own economies. The problem is that in the Western world, we're still run by a bunch of Luciferian turds. And they have no desire to do anything for the benefit of the people. I can't tell you that Xi is good for his people or not. I just know that the Chinese love him. I'm just going to leave it at that. I can't tell you what if Putin down on the ground is great, is people, if he's good for people or not. I just know that the nation overall loves him. I do want to point this out because I did the research just the other day. This is stunning. I don't know if you've tried to start a small business in our country lately, but it's not an easy task, and there's tons of federal regulations. Russia's starting of a small business is fairly simple. It costs you $80 to register and to get your stamp, and you need to have a total of $375 in the bank account to operate your business. My point of that is under the cover of Russia being evil and Russia, 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 Putin has created a middle class out of nothing, and he has a, a very easy access small business program then in the end is easier than ours, and we're supposed to be the nation that's of small business. We're not. They've been crushing our small business through COVID the whole time and decimating it, and that's by design. 
So there's a lot of things here to really pay attention to, and there's a lot of big movements. And as I always say, I am never one for fear porn because this is not a story tonight about fear porn, so don't get all agitated. But they are very serious times. So there's a balance between truth and seriousness and getting ramped up and going, oh, man, the sky is falling. In truth, the sky is falling, but there's nothing you can do about it, so you might as well get a hard hat on and buckle in and get a shovel and start digging because we got a lot of work to do. So this whole process that we're in right now is a massive shift and collapse of the old order. There's no question about that. What follows this, I don't know. And the problem is that in the United States, we are absolutely 100% void of leadership. Trump is not in the leadership position and isn't acting like a leadership of the nation. I don't care what people say. Doing stupid rallies and writing commentary on his posted pages does not constitute leadership. We don't have anybody in the political circuits that's asserting leadership other than telling you to go vote, which means nothing to me right now. And going to, if all you're going to focus on is what's going to happen in 2022, I have news for you a couple bad things. One, you're going to be financially way behind the curve by the time we get there. And number two, you might end up starving to death. This is time for people to buckle up and buckle down and start realizing how serious this time is because it's not a time. The, the politics isn't, if we are going to deal with politics, we will deal with politics at the end of October. And you can make up your mind on who to vote for in one day because you're smart. We don't need 16 months of constant campaigning to do this. What we should be doing is focusing on what we need to take care of our families and our communities and then making sure that our local, local elections are going to be safe. That means getting involved with your sheriff and getting involved with your county commissions and your city councils. This is a very critical time in the United States. So much of what we are is owned by foreign interests. So much of what we are as a nation is backed by debt. And we don't even know if we have the gold. I know people will say things like, well, Q said, I don't know what Q is. We don't have any validation of what Q said is true. All I know is we are facing a crisis in this nation with the dollar starting to slide. And once that slides down to a certain level, the U.S. has no buying power. And this now leads us to one of the biggest crises coming at us, which is food. Food is a very real issue. You've heard me talk about this for well over a year, if not 18 months, steadily about the importance of getting your gardens going, the importance of stocking up on supplies. I have not been kidding. I knew this day was coming. Here's some stats you need to get your head around. The Ukraine provides 70% of the EU's corn and Russia's now going to, that's all going to be cut off. The gas system, the gas to East, to Europe is pretty much cut off. And Russia now controls 83% of natural gas. They've also encouraged their partners not to export fertilizer anymore. You need urea for fertilizer, and that comes from natural gas. Russia controls the majority of that market. Our soils in this nation have been completely depleted over the last 50 years of large corporate agriculture. They are nothing more than just containers. There's little left of the macrobiotic life. 
and microbiotic life that's needed to sustain things naturally. They're basically just dead soils. They need the fertilizers to make things go. And we are looking right now at increases in costs exponentially of fertilizers and decrease of availability. Seeds. So many of our farmers are dependent upon genetically modified organisms, seeds, GMOs. Genetically modified seeds. And that's going to increase because that technology has been now mainstreamed into not only the drug system, but into the food system. Today, as shouldn't surprise anybody, the FDA has approved the first genetically modified beef to go onto the market. They have a cow, essentially, that has genetic modifiers that they are now allowing it to be grown and to be distributed to the public. They are pushing the public rapidly into completely genetically modified food so that what they can do ultimately is to control you. The two worlds we are looking at, I don't know what the brick nations are going to look like. I have no idea. What I can tell you is there is a suicide going on on the Western world, and it's brutal. Not only are they creating food shortages, not only have they poisoned a large percentage of these populations, knowing damn well they are going to become filled with cancers and sickness all the way through, the death rates are going to increase radically, and we're going to start seeing spikes in death rates from now until 2030, if not beyond. Now you begin to understand why in the early 20, around 2018, 2017, there were projections made that the U.S. population by 2030 would be down over 100 million people. You're starting to see the picture between food shortages and the poisoning of the death shot. So we are in a place right now to make some very critical decisions. You can waste all the time you want thinking about who you're going to vote for in 2022. I just don't know how that's going to feed you. And you can pine all day about what's going on in Washington, D.C., but again, I don't know how that's going to feed you. We have to get to a place where every single person is beginning to take an effort to grow some of their own food. And if you're not doing that, get busy. I'm really not kidding about this. I'm not even exaggerating. I, w I wish I was exaggerating. I wish I was kidding. I'm not. The crisis that's coming at us is unprecedented. And it's not going to be solved by big agriculture. California passed rules today that says that any slaughterhouse or beef processing facility that seeks to expand will be penalized. Think about that. They know damn well there's a food shortage coming and they're preventing the current facilities from expanding. They're putting a squeeze on every aspect of the food to do a couple of things. One, to manufacture a food shortage, which means they have something else in mind, which is engineered food they're going to be putting at you. Because what's ever in that food is the same type of crap that's in that injection, which is all tied to the fourth industrial revolution, which is all tied to transhumanism. Every bit of that circle. They're going to be pushing a digital currency. So let me lay down what I, what I personally think it will be a scenario, something like that we're going to witness. And you need to be prepared and start making plans. I, and so I'm going to say this because I always get these questions. Well, what do I do? Here's the thing. I've been talking about this as others have been talking about this for over two years. 
and I can't tell you personally what to do for your next steps. What I can do is I can map out large movements for you, and if you agree with them, then you've got something to work with. If you don't just if you don't agree with them, okay, that's your choice. But I'm not make I'm not just throwing the stuff on the wall just to be fun. What I can also do is provide frameworks of ideas. But ultimately, every single person has to dig in and make hard choices and be ready to move and make action now, not wait till next year to do it. I know that in my personal life, I've been driven in the last year and a half to turn my backyard into a food production engine. And there's and I've had to do this on many levels to prepare for what I knew was coming. And I've literally walked the talk that I've talked to you about. So what do I think is going to happen? The digital economy is coming. The rupture of the economy has to happen. I personally believe that the BRICS nations are separating themselves as quickly as possible from the West. And I think the West is agreeing with it because there's probably some, on the high levels, there's probably some advantages to moving out. But nonetheless, there is a war going on against Western nations. From internal, the people that are ruling the Western world want the Western world broken and rebuilt in a transhuman model. That's their goal. And for some, it is theorized that some of that has been offered to China so that China can take it over and turn it into agricultural land. That may be true or not. I have no proof of that. But I don't deny it. Or no, I mean, I don't doubt it. Okay? There is, from a, if you look at the perspective of Russia, and you look at what's been going on in Ukraine, the fact that it's been revealed that we had active biolabs there researching things like anthrax, spreadable rabies, some of the worst smallpox, some of the worst possible things going on in those biolabs, and we were funding it directly from the United States. We were waging war against Russia as we did the same in Wuhan. And there's no doubt that there's elements within the Chinese government that were facilitating that U.S. money to come into Wuhan, but we've done it as well in Taiwan and other places. How we separate out the deep state from the nation state, I can't tell you, and I don't know that it's even going to happen. But what I can say is on the big play of the board, if you were Russia and you knew the United States was trying to develop some sort of poison bioweapon on your border to launch it into your people, that would be an act of war. And it's, un, it's not like this is coming just from a corporate entity. This money is coming right out of NIH, DOD, which is an act of war against Russia. Now, I'm going to be clear here. I'm not waving the Russian flag, but I want you to understand the magnitude of this. If Putin can rupture this economy and rupture the West, think about what I'm saying here. We would do the same to him. And we did it, in fact. We did it in the Cold War. We ruptured the economy of the Russians and we let them fall. If you don't think that pendulum swings both ways, you're wrong. Because in the big moves of geopolitics, we are now on the downside and losing side of a war we started. And we're not in a good financial place to fight back. And nor do we have the leadership that has the brains enough to figure out how to fight back. And quite frankly, nor should we. So, this situation we are in right now is very critical. And if you're expecting someone like Putin or 
she, whatever, to come to our rescue, don't. Because when you've picked the fight with everybody on the block and you've been the biggest bully on the block the whole time and suddenly you start to shake, people aren't coming to your rescue. I got news for you. The only people that will save the United States are the people in the United States. I've said this for more than longer than I can remember. It has never been about some elite little military unit coming in to save the day. Either we save it or we lose it. And if we get help from the military side, then wonderful. But the fact is, our government is fascist. And by definition, in our Declaration of Independence, we have the duty to get rid of it. Period. End of story. And the way we're going to get rid of it is not to go head-to-head with it with muskets, because that's the dumb move. We individually have to come together and start breaking, making our break in this economy to follow what we need to do, which is ultimately what we keep talking about, which is that path, that exodus out with God first. And that means taking personal accountability and responsibility in our lives. So what's coming? My expectation is, and I'm saying this because this is just how I'm currently framing my own research and I'm sharing it with you is that we are coming to a breaking point as Russia and China split from the SWIFT system, set up into the BRIC alliance. There's a, there's a tremor point here where these economies in the West are not going to sustain, nor do the elites want it to sustain. They want to destroy the Western economies. So they're going to. At a certain point, they're going to pull the pin. All the news headlines today coming out of Wall Street are things like, stuff is beginning to break. Europe hopes to cut dependence on Russian gas almost 80% this year. That's not even realistic, by the way. White House moles Biden visit to Saudi Arabia to plea for more oil. This is what Biden dispatches team to Maduro's Venezuela, moles easing Trump-era sanctions. Food crisis about to get worse after China says winter wheat condition could be worse in history. Shell limits some heating oil sales in Germany as shortages develop. Russian gold barred from world's largest gold market, which, by the way, doesn't hurt Russia. Right? This is what we're looking at. So coal tightened Peabody hit with margin calls. That is huge. Because that means that when a margin call, that means on the contracts whatever happened on these contracts up or down they did not get what they were they they were futures contracts and now they have to produce all this cash that they anticipated making money on those are really big things we are in an energy and food crisis so at a certain point this economy as they have designed it to is going to be tanked and as they rupture the economy they're going to have a ripple effect and it's going to hit everything Food shortages, fuel shortages, gas costs are going to probably continue to skyrocket. They've already seen about 7 to $9 a gallon in certain parts of the country. They're going to continue to go up. They're going to start pushing nonsense like buy an electric vehicle. And there's going to be a, the mass of idiots that are going to follow that path. As this collapses... They're going to roll in with the solution. They're going to get everybody to a desperation point. Food's going to be shortage. Credit cards aren't working. The banks are going to limit the flow of cash. They're going to start telling you you're all digital. There's going to be a war on cash to get it out of the system. 
And then when this thing gets absolutely a crisis phase, they're going to roll in with the wonderful solution and they're going to start with homeowners. And they're going to offer you things like this. They're going to say, look, we know you can't make your house payment. And the reason you're not going to be able to make your house payment isn't because you don't have the money. It's because your buying power is now upside down. The cost of food is so high. The cost of fuel is so high that you're having to make a choice between eating and paying your mortgage. That's their game. And as they squeeze, then what they're going to do is offer you something. And it's going to be something like this. We'll excuse your debt. We'll take possession of your house, but you don't have to move. You'll just pay us rent, but you won't have to worry about getting a negative score on your new social credit score. And in fact, we'll extend more loans to you if you want once you take the agreement. And then you can live here and just, we'll take care of the property and you can be here. That's going to all sound good until you write something on social media that just uh, that they don't like, or you do some action that they don't like, or you miss a payment. Now, if you refuse the deal, and you can't make your payments, you're probably going to execute some of these draconian banking laws that they've already developed, which will allow a repossession at a rapid rate, something like 30 days. So they're going to squeeze. If you can make the payment, they're not going to like you. They're not going to make your life easy, but keep making it. If you can get your house paid off, get out and get it paid off. I've said that from the beginning. So this squeeze play that's going to go on here, something like this, this part of this is going to be rolling out the digital ID, the digital banking, all of this at once. And they're going to start imposing rules on your house because now they own it. If you are now the renter, they're going to say things like, well, to live here, you're going to have to get a vax. To live here, you're going to have to wear a mask. They'll do this. And if you don't comply, then they're going to tell you you're out. At a certain point, if you do comply, you're still going to lose. Because at a certain point, what they will do is they will tell you something like this. We have decided that we no longer want to rent this home, but we're offering you an alternate housing solution, which you can move to, and it's going to be a government-owned block of houses, like a government apartment complex. It's all communist model. The thing is that in the meantime, what they're going to do is they're going to rip as you're all this chaos is happening. They're going to offer everybody a UBI, a universal basic income. And that's how they're going to get the hook in people finally. And there's going to be a whole bunch of idiots that take this because they're going to be like, oh, finally, finally, I, can, I don't have to work. I can get a basic income to, to pursue the life I want. I'm going to get health care, which is supposed to be, a, it should be a human right. And I'm all going to be taken care of. As long as they get the vax, as long as they participate with the COVID pass, you're all going to be fine. So the objective here is to remove private property ownership. Here's the greatest irony of all of this. You'll see it and take a look at it and look at what's happening in BRICS nations and look what's happening in the West. The countries that are moving towards a more open market, China, Russia, India, South Africa, Brazil, used to be communist. The countries that are being slammed into this fascist totalitarianism are the ones that were supposed to be free. This is by design, by the bankster elites. And with that, remember, we're going to be dealing with waves of death, of people, and sickness across this country. So that's the dark little future, in my opinion, that we look at. And at this point, everybody's going like, well, thanks, Bards. I appreciate that for a... Monday night made me feel good. I think I'm going to go now and go to sleep and bang my head against the wall. Don't because here's where the next part is. And this is the part where we win. 
So stay with it. We are not going to win this fight if we keep playing their damn game on their rules. It's not going to happen. And that's why I'm so objectionable to the damn vote. And I'm a little passionate about this. I get so tired of people running around this country doing these dumb rallies, talking about voting when we have critical issues to deal with and getting ourselves ready for what is to come. A president is not fixing this nation. And it doesn't matter whether you have a red wave or a blue wave. I really don't care at this point in time because at this point, until we are known, until we know differently, they're all in the same camp and they will eventually all be bought off anyway. Prove me wrong, I'll listen. But no one can prove me wrong yet. So we are now at a point where we have to make critical decisions and this gets back to the county-by-county county model. We have to get God back in the center of our homes as the number one activity, and that means setting up home churches and being ready to bring your neighbors in and start worshiping and praying together. That is the most important first step of everything we do because the only way we have a way forward here is to turn our trust into God, first and foremost. That also doesn't mean sit on the couch and pray all day long and expect God to drop mana from the sky because it ain't happening. Well, maybe. Just not on my knowledge. God can do anything he wants, and I'm not going to step in his way. <laughs> Let's be clear. But it's not an expectation we can live with. If you know neighbors that are trying to homeschool, if you know neighbors that need to homeschool, we need to work as communities together to start getting these kids out of these indoctrination camps and getting them closer to the families. Because what's coming, they, they are going to try to take control of the kids more and more, and we can't risk having children sacrifice any more than they are. And then there's this Patriot Gardens bit that is the most important thing ever. Do you know that today Zero Hedge actually ran an article? And I was stunned when I saw it. They actually ran an article on Victory Gardens. If you recall, Victory Gardens is where I got the whole concept of Patriot Gardens. I just renamed it. Because Patriot Gardens... Victory Gardens was done back in originally in World War One and then reintroduced in World War Two to offset the food shortages that were going to occur as food was moved overseas for the troops. So the question is the question in the article was, are Victory Gardens going to come back now with the new food crisis that we're facing? My answer is I hope so. But the other answer is Bard's Nation can lead this and must. And we must lead it. We need to make sure that everybody is growing food and that everybody's doing everything they can to grow as much food as possible, and we need to take that seriously. This is, this is one of the critical issues of enduring this phase because there is going to be a food shortage, and there, it is not a question of if, it is here. We haven't seen it quite yet at the food market because there's still enough in the supply chain to keep things rolling, but that is quickly drying up. Farmers in the Ukraine, which again, big, it's a big breadbasket for Europe, have ordered seed and they're not even going to get the seed, they've been told. They've ordered and paid for the seed, in fact, and they've been told that seeds will not, seeds will not be delivered. The whole process that we're going through here, they are rupturing our economy. Boeing suspended buying Russian titanium. I don't know where they're going to get the rest of it. 
but they're cutting Russia off like they're going to penalize. And they're, what they're doing is they're doing this as the cover to destroy our economy and because we don't have the power of the dollar anymore. The dollar has effectively been destroyed. And so they're using this cover of punishing Russia to hide the fact that there's no more buying power left in the, in the dollar. So effectively, the dollar's dead. The question is, how long does it have before it goes nuclear on the ground? And I don't know what those time frames are. What I know is this is time to get your gardens going. Food is going to be critical. If you haven't stocked up, get stocked up. If you have stocked up, stock up more. Prepping is never a one-off thing. It's a continual issue. Continual issue. We have gone over the need for health for the last months. And health is something you have to maintain. It means, I've said this over and over You need to have a fitness program. You need to be eating well. You need to have your supplements on hand, and you need to have extra supplements, and you need to be learning, at least getting books and having the seeds on how to grow your herbs in your garden to help sustain your health. There's all sorts of resources on that. You need to be planning on how you're going to make a living not in their system. What are you going to do? What are you going to sell? What are you going to make? Patriots, these are big issues, and I'm in no way is is this panic, but this is like this is red alarm fire stuff here because we're at that cusp, and maybe this cusp lasts another year, and you're going to go, well, it didn't happen, Bards. Whatever, it's here, and if you can't see the signs, it's here. If your money, I've said this before, if your money's tied up in 401ks and so forth, I am not a I am not an investment advisor, but I personally would take my money out and get it into gold and silver and hard cash because at least those are currencies that we can use in an alternate economy. This alternate economy is we're trying, there's many people, I'm one of them, trying to work out the details of how to make an alternate economy work. In the short term, we have to be able to trade and barter with people outside of their digital system. And as alternate economy ideas grow and connect through the community, they will, they will standardize as much as we can. But for now, everybody has to be prepared to barter and to trade and to use cash everywhere you can. The digital economy is the trap. And they will do everything they can to keep you from using anything other than their digital system. If we don't comply, they can't rule. It's that simple. Be ungovernable. Dead serious about this. Be ungovernable. This is the true fight. We are back to the revolutionary period. Think back to this. The British controlled everything in the economy. And it was a group of women, patriotic women, who'd started the, the boycott on teas. They risked their life for that because doing a boycott of British goods to encourage local American goods was a violation of the king's order. But they did it anyway. Those were heroes. And that led ultimately to a boycott across the colonies that cost the British 50% of their revenues. The war was fought in blood on our soil. The war was actually won by the economics led by a group of women. Think about that. That's how this fight was. And yes, there was real fight with men on the lines. It was important. But the core of that fight was that the British could no longer afford the fight. They couldn't afford it. Why? Because we stopped buying their junk. We have to start pivoting and living more simply. We have to pivot off of relying on Chinese stuff. You have to start thinking differently. Go back to go forward. You have to start thinking about, okay, 
What do I need? If you're going to, I said this the other night, I'm going to just go through these things again. If you're going to say, okay, I'm going to have one car, I'm going to make sure I understand it. You better get a mat manual, you better have the tools, and you better figure out how to make it work yourself as much as you can. If you're going to start a garden and you're going to go out and buy a tractor, then you better figure to yourself how you are going to sustain that when there's no fuel. I've gone a completely different route. I've used all manual tools for my garden. I don't want to rely on anything gas because gas is going to become shortage at a certain point. Everything we do, we have to think fundamental and simple because everything's going to have to be conserved. And that's the final pillar of county by county. And that's conservation and stewardship. We have to get back into that mindset. If you're going to buy stuff, if you can buy stuff that's new, that's not going to be burdened with all the digital nonsense, do it. If you are going to buy some things and it's better to buy used, do it. But right now is a time to be getting the things that you need because that window's closing. And I said this back in December. That was kind of for myself, that was my red line, that at the end of December, I had to be in a place where I was comfortable. I'm never completely comfortable, just so you understand. That's just my mentality. But I did hit those benchmarks. I hit that goal at the end of December. And this has to continue in all of us. And we are going to continue to build out the methods to connect with each other. We're going to continue. I'm doing that now, literally working with a couple different people to try to build out ways around this digital nonsense so we can maintain a presence online so we can continue to share information. That's critical. But we have to also build our local communities and we have to be ready to be resilient to the challenges that are faced. There is no single cookie cutter answer here. And there's nothing that says anywhere in there by definition that you just signed up for a contract that's going to be easy. The only easy way is going to take their stupid injection and their digital future and you might as well kiss your tail goodbye because your, your soul just became theirs. If you want to preserve your life, if you want to save humanity, then buckle up, sharpen your sword of the spirit and get ready to fight because it's here. It's no longer a joke. It's no longer a myth. It's no longer a future concept. It's not a conspiracy. It's all here now, and it's real, and it's happening faster than I think most people thought it would happen. So this is time to get serious about your, your house. If you haven't talked to your family about it, sit them down and have a serious conversation. If they don't want to believe you, push forward anyway. But there's no more time to play, and if, you, if you're going to talk to your neighbors, have a conversation with your neighbors. Get real about it. If they don't want to listen, lead by example. But be prepared to help them out some in certain ways so that when that time comes, you're not hostile with them, but you're able to provide assistance. Maybe it's seeds. Maybe it's a night worth of food. Something like that, that you can be there as a good neighbor. The biggest thing, patriots, is we have to lead through Christ, not lead through hostility. There's an interesting piece that came up today. I'm going to close with this. And it's a, very, it's a very important insight as to what we shouldn't be doing. So today, there was a headline that came up, actually yesterday, and it came in the Independent, and it said this. 900 Missouri residents who snitched on lockdown rule breakers fear retaliation after details leaked online. I talked about this today on Bended Knee, which, in case you didn't know, is every day at 1 p.m., Pacific. Here's the deal. 
there's a side of every single one of us that have fought this fight to snicker at that headline and go, finally, a little bit of justice. But the key word there is retaliation. That is not a Christian's walk. And right now, we don't have time to be petty or that self-obsessed. What's at stake is our nation and the future of humanity. And God has entrusted us to walk this path boldly together and build fellowship and extend love. Every single one of us is going to be challenged in the months and weeks weeks and months ahead. Every one of us. We're going to be challenged to have to look at others, and we're going to be challenged to forgive in places we don't want to forgive, but we're going to have to. And we're going to have to be the bridge builders, and we're going to have to be the carriers of light. Because if we aren't, no one else will. God put us here in this time and this place to be those people, to be those people that would steward that would guide, that would lead, that would awaken his love once again into this land. And we are there now. And every single one of us is going to be called in our heart to do that. So when I read that headline, I read what I read is they're trying to incite problems because I truly believe in my heart that everybody that was violated by one of these snitching snitchers probably is going to forgive, at least I hope. And I pray for that because that's the walk we have to take. We have to show them what, what we've always been like. We've never been vengeful. We've only tried to wake them up. And sadly, those that took the shot are going to also be our responsibility to make sure that they're as well cared for as they can be as their health withers away, and it will. So our walk just got to be a whole bunch bigger. And our place in this world just got to be a whole much more important. How we walk, how we lead is going to shape the future of this nation and of this world. And it is truly has to be in the body of Christ. And when we do that, we shine. And the world shines with us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time we've come together in this very important hour for humanity a time when we have to start taking some deep looks at ourselves, some deep looks in the relationship with you, Father, and some very deep looks at how we want the world to shape before us. Lord, we know that you put us here in this time for a reason, and it has not been easy, and I know that in your all, you, all that you do know and all your wisdom, you knew it wouldn't be. But what we find solace and joy in is the knowledge that you knew that we could survive this and that we will survive this. And more than that, Lord, that we will rise up to put ourselves on that mountain to be the lamp for others to see, to be guided by, and to be brought back to you. Lord, in all this time, in the struggles that we've been through, there is a side of us that's hurt. There is a side of us that would like to see justice, but we have to remember Lord, and please help and guide us in this place that justice is yours. Forgiveness is ours to give, and with your assistance, we can forgive all. But the justice ultimately is not to punish unnecessarily, but instead to lead by the example that Christ led the others. There is time, Lord, always to flip tables. There is a a necessity to have accountability, and all those things are part of our walk. But let us not be those that retaliate. Let us not be those that seek vengeance, but instead let us be the bridge builders because now more than ever, if we are going to survive this as I know you know and as you're telling us so often, we have to become one again to get through this time because it's only then that will we return to you with you on the throne of this nation 
with all eyes on you, not eyes on these Luciferians that are leading this world now. Forgive us, Lord, for the transgressions that our country has made. Forgive this nation for its burdens it has put on so many unnecessarily. Forgive those that have made so many poor decisions and walked so far away from you. And Lord, empower us, please, to be that light to bring them back from the darkness. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. We have a lot of work to do, and we can do it. And this is a nation we've created, Bard's Nation, a beautiful one, centered on Christ. It's a gift that God's brought us all together. So let us be strong together. Let us lead together. Let us show the world how powerful the walk with Christ and with our Father can be, because there's nothing that can stop that. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Patriots, keep your prayers up. It's such an important time now to anchor our homes the way our houses that we build must be built on the rock of faith, not on the sand. God is with us. He will never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, because God needs us here. And we have a mission. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. I'll see you tonight, patriots, for, for fishers of men. Until then, or until the next time. God bless. And out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe, to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait, but this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, 
which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push, we climb, we never give in, we become the nightmare that evil didn't know exist. We pray, we stand, we live by the words, in God we trust, we fear nothing, we are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 